Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. I hope everyone's having a good Monday. It's not the best day of the week, but uh, we're going at it. So today we're having a special type of interview, a presentation with Jonathan Bernos, who you've seen on the podcast before. He's also known as the Catholic Revert on YouTube. Are you on the other podcasting platforms yet? Spotify, Apple Music? I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music. Uh, it may show up in other places, but I think those are the two main the areas I focus on. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you back on, Jonathan. Yeah, you, thanks, Michael. It's uh, You were one of the first guests, I believe, like the fourth guest on the podcast. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's been just a wild uh, train ride of surprises ever since. Uh, getting talks like Mike Aquilina and whatnot, but I think I have a most fond appreciation just for like these uh, little known people or it's kind of people I knew beforehand, like these friends of the medium publication. You're actually like the, I don't know what the title is, the president of the medium publication nowadays. I'll take it. I need to update my LinkedIn too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely appreciate it. So you have a really special story to share with us today. You I actually do. Uh, traveled to see the incorrupt body of Sister Wilhelmina. Um, yeah. So I'm sure you've seen like all the skepticism and whatnot. I haven't uh, investigated too much of it. Um, so have you heard like skepticism in your own life, just like your own circle of friends? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, coming from the, I think on the previous podcast uh, when I was on, I talked about kind of my story as a revert is that I, I'm coming from a Protestant background. And so uh, I spent more time being a Protestant than I, I, I have been Catholic. And so a lot of my friends, family uh, influences um, from from years ago are, are there. And um, I, I, I knew that I wanted to see, I, I guess I feel fortunate to have the opportunities to see Sister Wilhelmina, uh, being that she was so close. I live in the Kansas City area uh, in the uh, the nuns are in Gower, Missouri, which is about an hour and a half, hour uh, northeast of Kansas City. So I, once I heard about it, it kind of broke in the local news. Um, you know, the the interest of being Catholic, uh, it was just calling to me. I, I, I needed to go see her. And uh, mm -hmm. but definitely, yeah, a lot of skepticism from the from the Protestant side. And I knew going to see her, I, I felt called to tell the story. I wanted to tell other people what I saw, what I felt. Um but I knew I would run up against, and I already have. I mean, since I posted it on YouTube, there I had a short there, um, and I posted it in a few other places in Medium. I've already gotten some kind of, I guess I call it backlash or skepticism uh, and questions about it. So, but I can't have expected it. So, so you, uh, so yeah, going uh, back kind of the to the first podcast we did, how was um, being received fully into the church? That was amazing. Easter, yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, my my youngest son, uh, he is in third grade. Uh, he was also he was baptized and uh, he received communion. So uh, getting to see him receive the Eucharist was was the highlight. I mean, that was more important than anything to see that that, that kind of that part of the journey complete. Uh, but then also being able to go up and uh, be with him and uh, be uh, go through confirmation uh, was amazing too. So I chose Irenaeus as as my patron saint. And uh, that was special, too, just to hear that name um, used with mine um, and to receive the oil on uh, my forehead. It was all amazing. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I'm, I'm super happy. Yeah. So this is like your first pilgrimage after 
um, fully becoming Catholic. So yeah, we'll uh, start at the road trip. So um, it was an hour long drive to get to, uh, you said Kansas City. Um, I, so I'm just south of Kansas City and uh, the monastery is in Gower, Missouri, which is about an hour north of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it had been about a week since the story broke locally. The local news um, had, had started to talk about it, which is how I heard about it. Um, and then some local uh, podcasters and some uh, Kansas City uh, Catholic Friends Network. Um, I saw they were starting to make the, the pilgrimage. So I, I definitely had it on the list and, and knew that I was going to do it. So it just ha- it so happened that the trip uh, happened. Uh, it occurred on Memorial Day weekend, which was um, as the news stories picked up, I mean, I think even nationally the news had, had picked it up. And then so by the time Memorial Day weekend had rolled around, which was a few weeks after they exhumed her, uh, now we had you had pilgrims from all over the country that were coming in. So when I got there on Sunday, I, I went to mass in the morning uh, and then planned on uh, right after mass. I'd left um, and made the drive. And by the time I got there, that must have been the kind of the same plan that many others had, because there was a there was a, a long line of cars uh, waiting to get into to park and to to get in line to see her so it was a it was something else i think i put in the article i wrote uh it was it felt like a music festival it, it really did uh just the the crowd and there was a lot of excitement but just the the lines and the crowds and, and all of the stations and all of the volunteers that were out helping um kind of had that feel to it and the parking lot was full and there was i mean there were hundreds and hundreds of cars um so it, it was it was pretty amazing yeah, and so uh, what was the atmosphere like exactly? Were people talking? Were there like group uh, prayer um, of the rosary going on? Or um, there was uh, there was a lot of excitement, and uh, I think um, it was it was interesting because we could see people while you were waiting in line to to see her. Uh, there were people coming out that had seen her, and they were just excited and talking about their experience, which just built it up even more. And um, uh, yeah, while I was in line, I, I kind of uh, talked to a few other kind of local pilgrims and, uh, at, you know, talked about different parishes we were from. And there was a, there was a priest in line ahead of us, and, and uh, one of the ladies I was standing in line with uh, asked him to pray over us, so he came over and prayed. Um, there were rosaries being said. Uh, there were lots of prayers being said. Uh, but just overall, really excitement. Uh, right before I went into the room, um, they had her under the monastery, kind of in, in the basement floor, um, and they had kind of a visitation set up. Uh, the line kind of processed around her. Uh, before I went in, uh, uh, an elderly woman who I think she said she was 98 years old uh, had, had just come out. They, you know, she was in a wheelchair. Her family had rolled her out. She was in tears. And she, she just kept exclaiming, you know, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She looked so beautiful. She, she, was, she looked so happy. Um, uh, before they buried her, uh, for her in the coffin. And you can see surrounding her that the fabric that was used, the normal lining of a coffin, you can see that. You can see the habit, you know, that she's buried in. Um, she died in her habit, and the sisters had all talked about how, you know, that, that was fitting because there was nothing more that she would have fought for was, was that traditional lifestyle, that traditional way of wearing the habit. Yeah. So seeing the habit, seeing the lining in the coffin, um, all of that, and then to see the hole in the ground and know when the sisters dug her up, they could see the coffin was damaged. Um, one of the sisters uh, that uh, that was uh, kind of part of that, the, the group digging her up, 
uh, asked for a flashlight, they could see what well, I can see into the coffin. So they thought they would, you know, how I'll take a look. Uh, and then there's a few news stories where they're interviewing her. But as she looked into the coffin, she could see a foot. She could see a full foot. Uh, and, you know, and during the visitation, seeing her, uh, seeing her feet, uh, you can see the socks she's wearing. They're fruit of the loom. <laughs> and so they're black socks. Uh, and her foot was fully in the sock. Uh, so I can see what they saw when they first exhumed her. And so they, they immediately began to, to, to kind of uh, celebrate and, and uh, declare that, you know, oh my, oh my gosh, I can see her. I can see her. And so when they removed her, um, then all the pictures then from visitations and after uh, really is what they saw. Uh, they, you know, they did say they said that she was covered in, in kind of moss uh, from the moisture. And it, I think they took about a week and a half to two weeks to to clean the moss off of the outside of her skin. And they did put wax on her, which they do. Um, they do quite a bit with with other uh, or incorruptibles. Um, if, if anyone's ever had the opportunity to see someone um, like that, you can definitely see the wax. But but it was with what was under the wax and seeing the full form of a body uh, that was was just amazing to me. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, if there is any like, there was any uh, like. I don't know, kind of disbelief, like, um, disbelief, like um, in the convent, like the convent, sisters like, saying, oh, we shouldn't dig up this body here. We're pretty much like all the sisters in on They all agreed it was the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. They were all, they had all agreed or all supported it. Um, and I think they initially supported it for the move. Um, I, I think uh, hearing interviews and kind of hearing some of the stories while visiting uh, I think everyone expected to to find very little remains, bones, uh, dust, and, and to move what was left of her to um, to the the chapel or to move her into that location. That was planned from the beginning. So, I think they were all okay with that. Um, but I think the the vision or the dream um, definitely put some something special to it. I, I think they were then so maybe some of the expectations grew of what what will we find? Yeah. And then when they actually found, I think that what aligned with the vision. Uh, there was, you know, yeah, now there was also completely support. So, mm -hmm. so I was uh, kind of looking at the picture. She has a scapular and then rosary. What a, what a, other strings there? Strings there? Um, I think a few, a few pictures. There might be visitors uh, or pilgrims that are that are laying uh, items on her. Uh, in oh. some of the photos, she did have a rosary, and I don't know if the scapular was was hers. I didn't see it when during the visitation. Um, the rosary was definitely hers and was present. Uh, her hands were full, kind of as you see in the picture there. And uh, and also as, as uh, the picture that before they had buried her, uh, her hands, you know, everything is in the same position as when they buried her. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That picture is a little different. It is. Um, so, um, waiting in line and, uh, you know, getting a closer view, uh, I think some of the pictures, some of the pictures, it's, it's hard to get, uh, kind of good, a good vantage point. And that's probably the part that felt a little more taboo, um, on, on from, from my background, um, is that, you know, the closer I got, uh, you know, seeing people, um, that would, you know, that were kneeling down and were praying and then to put their hands on her, um, that made me made me nervous. Just as I'm waiting, I'm I'm, I'm thinking, what do, what will I do? You know, I, I do I will I touch her? Um, 
I wanted to, but I, I just, I was battling with myself again. And then the skeptic in me, or, or just that, that part of me that is telling myself, you know, is what, what am I seeing here? Uh, I'm battling that the entire time in the line. So um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, as I'm watching this and, and then I'm, I'm, I take, I take video or I take pictures and that felt weird too. Um, but I'm also reminding myself of what a miracle this is. And then, you know, someday uh, the path to sainthood, uh, you know, should other miracles be tied to this and, and she becomes a saint. I'm thinking, you know, when, when would I ever get another opportunity to be in person like this? And then also um, knowing that they were going to kind of enclose in, in her into, in, into glass so that others could see her, but never getting an opportunity to actually touch her uh, ever. Uh, I was, I, I, that also was in my mind too. I'm thinking, wow, I, I wouldn't pass this up. I mean, how amazing would that be to, to experience a miracle like this? Um, mm -hmm. And never, you may not ever get an opportunity like this again for forever. So all that's going on through my head. So, yeah. So this, uh, this would be a strange uh, question. A strange what was it like to touch your hand? Normal skin or? Yeah. So, um, that's so that's an interesting uh it's hard to put all this into a blog so uh yeah all, but all these all these thoughts are going through my head and so it's my turn in line and i and i'm i'm by myself so i'm kind of a solo pilgrim uh, there were lots of families there there were uh you know families with their kids uh, i wasn't sure in the group that i was in to go up to her there was really two groups and one you know each group's on on either side of her um as she's displayed there um I wasn't sure where I was going to be. Am I going to be by, you know, by her hands? Am I going to be down towards her feet? Uh, so it just so happened that I, in the group that I'm in, uh, there was a young man next to me and he kind of offered up his spot, which was right by her legs. Um, and, and leading up to this, you know, I also, I can recall the smells. Um, there were flowers in the room. Uh, it was because it was a basement. It was cool. Um, but I could smell the flowers. I could smell incense. And I don't know at what point if incense was used. But there was also, and I say this in the, the blog post, there was a sweet smell of rose. And there, I didn't see roses. but And it was a lasting smell. It wasn't uh, like a, like a, uh, it wasn't like a in the room kind of a smell. I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but it was something different. So all of this is, I'm really hanging on to this as I walk up. And, and as I, I approach Sister Wilhelmina, um, that's where the brain kind of shut off. I mean, where logic as it's working up to this point, science and logic and all this, all these questions are happening. As soon as I approached her, all of that shut down completely. Um, I immediately kneeled uh, to pray uh, without thinking. And then I reached up again, um, going from this unplanned state to now I, everything's just kind of happening. I reach up and I put my hand on her, her leg um, just on the side of her leg. But um, then at that, that point, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just heightened, heightenedly aware of what I'm feeling, and I, I feel a leg. It's, it's a leg, and now, it's, it doesn't have life, um, and so, so that's very distinct. It's not like feeling, you know, if I put my hand on my leg, there's warmth. Uh, so th there was none of that, but it was still a leg, and so then I, I'm in prayer. And not really having, uh, there's not a lot of time to kind of evaluate because now I'm, I'm completely focused on and on praying. And I'm thanking God for this miracle and I'm thanking him for, you know, being present and seeing all of this and witnessing it. Um, and then I stand after I'm done praying, I, I take my hand off of her. But as I'm, my hand's on her, I, I do, and I'm recalling this later, my hand's on her habit and I'm, I'm touching her habit and it feels 
no different than the material, the fabric of, you know, a cotton, a cotton habit or a blanket that I would feel today. Mm -hmm. uh, it's clean. There's nothing on it. And it feels like it was just worn yesterday. So I'm really aware of that. And as I move uh, kind of up towards her head, um, I, I can see her now closely. I'm looking down at her and I'm noticing the details of, of her face. And uh, she has eyebrows and uh, and that's a, to make it morbid. But, you know, then again, my brain's kicking back into science mode because I'm not I'm not praying, but I'm still I'm still observing. But I can see her eyebrows. Uh, I can see the, their shape behind her, her eyes, uh, just her eyelids. So her eyes are there. Um, she has face uh, shape in her face. Um, I look down at her hands and I have my rosary and I just felt kind of pulled to touch my rosary to her hand. So I reached down and, and I put my rosary to her hand, but I also touch her hand, which there's a wax layer on top. So you're kind of touching the wax, but I also, yeah. I noticed that I'm touching someone who would be, you know, in their nineties, I'm touching that hand and there's skin there and there's pigment and you can see the detail in her skin and it's just mind blowing in that moment. But that's not even the full like mind melt that I had after I left the room and I went upstairs and I, I went and prayed in the chapel uh, just to take it all in. And then that's when it's all hitting me. It's like, wait a minute, it's been four years and every story that I've read and every blog post that I've read, uh, scientific articles about decay, this is just not, it, sh it shouldn't be possible. And even mummified bodies, uh, just reading about them, not never seeing anything like that. Uh, it, it was closer to she had just died and that was a visitation or a wake. And that was the type of experience, but it's four years later. And, and that, yeah. but the thing that pushed me over the top, the biggest thing of all of it, even more than, than her, her body uh, and the shape and the fullness. And as, as though she had just died yesterday um, was the habit. The habit itself was that that still now thinking back on it is is the biggest piece of all of all of it that just blows my mind. Even after you know seeing reports, um, they had had um, you know forensic scientists that have already been in. Um, they had uh, you know some of the local authorities had looked at it and and looked at her, and kind of already declared it. This is pretty pretty amazing. This is this is a miracle status for them. Um, these are outsiders, but the habit itself, um, knowing that the coffin, when they exhumed her, the fabric lining of the coffin was gone. Uh, it had deteriorated. Um, there was nothing left. Uh, what you would expect after four years of decay, the coffin had decayed, the wood had, had broken down, but her body had not, and her habit hadn't. Her habit was clean. I mean, I'm sure they had to clean the moss off of it, but what was, what was laying there in front of me, what my hand was on, was a clean habit with no breakdown, no, no, nothing, nothing to even get indicate that it, it was almost as if they had replaced it and put a new habit on her for the display. And, and that didn't happen. And that to me was even uh, just a greater sign of a miracle that her habit was, wasn't touched. It, it, it was yeah. amazing. So yeah. I definitely think there's like some there's symbolism there. Symbolism there. Yeah. Wilhelmina grew up like during that generation. Um, but then you see like Sister um, Hamina in the habit, in the habit, yes, in the incorrupt with the incorruptible body. Uh, like in a way, she's still in inspiring way, other, other um, women, perhaps women, to pursue perhaps vocations, making vocations, people aware of the aware of um, religious life vocations. Absolutely, yeah, you, and that was uh, something she was. 
Yes, that was something she was distraught over at one point and and why she had had really fought for it. So I agree, absolutely. Um, Sisters had thought that as well, too, that that being part of that incorrupt, uh, the habit being something she was so passionate about, also, you know, being incorrupt was, uh, I saw that too, the symbolism, and that was was pretty amazing. So, Yeah, so what was the mood like amongst the sisters, amongst her fellow sisters? They, um, they, um, and... They were, I think at this point with, with the the crowds growing, I I think they kind of stayed in the background. Um, I think they tried to maintain just the the normal life, the day to day. And I think they stayed out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it must have, I I think at a certain point it's probably was, um, it it may have been, um, a burden or not, not a burden, but I, I think they saw the miracle in it. And I think they were overjoyed with seeing how it, it brought this miracle to others and, and how it was really stirring up the faith in so many. But at the same time, I, I think living their life kind of withdrawn from, from everything and all of a sudden having it at your doorstep, I think was overwhelming uh, for them uh, in a good way. But I do think they were probably, I think they were really trying to, to maintain, um, their their lifestyle and um but also they were being accommodating and i think they were being loving and serving uh others the the pilgrims that were there i know they gave interviews and i think that was probably uh that was probably a lot too to to kind of step into now you have news uh, you have media you tv stations and they all want you you know they want you to talk so um but I, they were there they were present but they i do think they were kind of in the background and, and still serving and, and really focused on on their relationship with god versus yeah all of the the world that was now pouring in so so uh do you know so, uh, if like the world uh, still flocks still this body this body it is they, they, uh, um i i don't know if the the lines are are I don't know if it if it's big. I think they they've now kind of moved her and encased her in glass, so she that you can yeah. see her, but I don't think you can touch her anymore. So I think um, I think the crowds kind of started to level out. I think they do have a lot of visitors, but I think it's, it's it hasn't been quite the um, the large number as the Memorial Day weekend. And being that you know, a lot of people were on vacation and were able to travel, so I think they had a, a really big influx. And I think it's kind of I think it's kind of stabilized, which is which is probably good for all the sisters as well so yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. but you um you mentioned um, all these mentioned all other uh, other nominations uh, coming, coming to this as well did you actually like need something like meat like what was their reaction to this yeah um i i could definitely see uh, there were uh there 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 were probably a lot of volunteers that were were not um catholic but were, were there to kind of support the community and um it was all everything was positive i mean i, I don't, if there was any skepticism present uh you definitely didn't feel that or didn't hear it while while all of this was happening um i don't know afterwards everyone seemed really supportive of it um i think even if if the protestants or or people there that maybe didn't it didn't have as, as big of an impact for them um certainly were reverent and um were also an amazement of all of the uh what it meant to to catholics that were visiting um, i think they could see uh, i think it was a moving experience uh and being if you're outside of that uh if, if it didn't have a personal experience for them they definitely had an experience of seeing others and, and kind of the impact 
to, to everyone else. So it was all positive. They were, everyone was loving and friendly, and, and that was kind of cool to see too. Yeah. So I guess uh, lastly, uh, lastly, you don't have anything else to share. Like, else to share. what was your own, um, your own uh, personal impact? Like, how was impact to affect your own life? Like, own life. Um, I'm sure you'll remember this forever. Remember this forever. Um, is this giving you encouragement to become a saint? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things uh, I've loved about, you know, learning about saints is all of their lives are, are so, uh, for me, it's seeing the joy in, in, in all of their lives. And, and for many saints, it's it's a life of suffering. And I've always struggled with that in, in my background, you know, before becoming Catholic with how does it fit, how, do, how does suffering fit in with 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 joy and, and finding uh, just fulfillment and uh, in a relationship with God. So, um, yeah, it's, it is. Um, I've, I've kind of had that question myself. I, I know that it's, it's, it's had a big impact. Um, I, in prayer moving forward, I, I've had many conversations um, where I'm just like, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> Cause <laughs> it's like, this is big. And um, I don't want to lose that. I, I want to keep keep how big that is. I always remind myself. Um, but I'm also like, you know, what, what do I do now? What, what does this lead to? Um, and I believe it, you know, it will, it will lead to good things, but I do think it is, it's, it's a personal example of, of so many other saints and just learning about their lives and, and, you know, modeling that life, uh, in a relationship with Christ that, that we all should, you know, strive for. Um, mm. so yeah, all of that, I don't know that didn't really answer the question, but that's kind of where my head's at right now. Is very touched by it, but uh, yeah. still searching. I definitely thank you. Come on again. You bet, Michael. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This is awesome. Everyone have a good week. Have a good now good that week. Monday's nearly Monday over. Nearly over. <laughs>